I want to be the best version of myself. And I want to constantly be learning and finding out what that best version is. And I want to fail so many times on my quest. And I'm going to wake up every day and say, today's going to be the best day of my life. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an extraordinary guest to share with you today. Taylor Rochesti is the best-selling author of A New 2020 Vision, Cultivate Joy, Reprogram Your Mind, and Define the Life Through an Authentic Lens. He shares a unique perspective of the uncertainty of tomorrow and an active vision for the future. As a professional athlete who has traveled the world playing basketball, Taylor's message is a humble roadmap to design a new reality, reprogram your thoughts, and define life through authenticity. He's been featured in many major media outlets such as CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, USA Today, The New York Times, and Thrive Global. Taylor, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here. Dr. Richard, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And I, I need to get that intro that you just said, and I'm going to listen to that every morning. It's every morning? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> fire you up. You know. Tie it in with some some Rocky Four montage music. You'll it'll be a great way to start your day. I love it. I love it, Taylor. You know, I there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about. Certainly, your best selling book. But I wanted to start, and I like to do this with my guests, is to kind of peel back the uh, the layers of the onion a little bit, so to speak. What was the catalyst that got you on the journey that you're on today? Well, it depends on what journey you're talking about. The journey of life, I just thank my parents for bringing me into this world. Uh, journey of basketball, I wanted to be a basketball player since I was five. I've always known I wanted to play professionally, wanted to go to college and play basketball and just make that my, my dream and my life. Uh, and then the book thing, I was never really a, a writer or a reader. And um, when uh, we were pregnant, my wife and I were pregnant with our daughter, I started writing her a letter for the future. And that letter actually turned into the book. So uh, my life has been extremely organic and just rooted from the beginning. And uh, that's the, that's the base. Outstanding. So let's dive into the basketball career a little bit. Tell us about your career, where you played your college ball, uh, your professional, your professional journey, because I know your professional journey has really shaped the lens upon which you, you view the world. So let's, let's start there. Yeah, one of the things I talk about in my book is having an underdog mentality. And so I think that that started from a really young age. And, and as far as the basketball career, you know, not really recruited out of high school. Santa Barbara, California is not the most well-known place as far as top recruits coming out for basketball. We got some great other sports and we have a good athletes here, but it's not like college scouts are just flowing into Santa Barbara all the time to check it out. So I uh, ended up going to Tulane University my freshman year. 
Um, had a great freshman year. My sophomore year was Hurricane Katrina, the beginning of my sophomore year. So they moved our team and they hosted us at Texas A&M. Uh, I tore my knee at Texas A&M and couldn't play. They were going to send me back to uh, Tulane the next year once they opened up the school. But the facilities weren't really there, and I realized that I needed to change and ended up going out to Washington State in the state of Washington. Got to play in the Pac-10 when it was the Pac-10, uh, which is awesome because I'm from Santa Barbara, California. So I got to play in the home crowds of USC and UCLA. Um, and that was a catalyst towards me going overseas. Um, and I've been everywhere. I started in Germany, been in France, Italy, Spain, Turkey, Israel, Russia, played out in China. The basketball has taken me all over the world. So it's just been an incredible ride. So you have a unique perspective that many don't. One, as an athlete who played professionally. Two, as a, a world traveler. What are some of the, the things you learned, some of the, the big lessons that really impacted you throughout your travels? I think the first thing is you have to have a belief in yourself. I mean, no matter what you're doing, you got to want to go do it. You got to envision it. You got to know that you can be product, uh, productive and successful doing it. I think it's uh, originally it's scary. I talked to a lot of young players. It's scary the idea of going to play in Europe or the idea of going to a certain country or just um, the idea of playing a, a, a big basketball game. Uh, you just have to be open minded. The biggest thing from traveling, too, is I've realized what I talk about in the book is different countries and different people have their own truths. And so the things that we learn to be true, the things that we learn to be quote unquote fact, they're different in different countries and they're, they're learning different textbooks and they're, they have different cultures and eating different foods and hearing different things from their family growing up. So the more open-minded that you are and the more that you're trying to learn, having an approach of, I want to learn today, it's a very humble approach that means you're not always right and you can go out and try to learn so much more and continue to evolve. And so. That's the best thing about traveling the world. And um, my wife and I and our two kids, we're trying to take all the best things that we've learned from each country and each culture and incorporate that into who we are as parents, as husband and wife, uh, as friends, as family members, and bring that into our family and, uh, and just enrich our lives as much as we can. I really like that. And, and I'm curious, is that a structured kind of organized thing where you sit around and you say, Hey, when, when we were in France, we enjoyed X, Y, and Z, and let's, let's do this. Like, do, do you really plan Perfect. and implement that? You know, because that's something that a lot of people could do, not just you know, in traveling, but in, in, even in their own regular life with people they meet and experiences they have. Well, yeah, I love, I love people like my mom, my wife. There's a lot of different people that I'm surrounded by that really uh, research places and, get, and try to get to know places before we even go there. or um, you know, step outside of your comfort zone on traveling around and learning, learning new things. But I think, uh, I think that's what we should do is I think we should open our mind and create these new ideas and just talk about the things that you enjoy, the things that you like, what you like about them. You know, I went out to Israel and they have this Shabbat dinner every Friday night and they just shut it down and it's just family. There's nothing to really think about. There's no cell phones on the table. Everybody's just enjoying food together. And in America, sometimes we forget just to sit down and enjoy food together. And I grew up with that, which was great. But as you go around, you're like, hey, I really had a great time tonight. Why did I have such a good time? And I like to incorporate that into my life wherever I am. I love that. I love that. And, you know, Europe, Israel, there's so many places that approach food that are just so different than here. Here it's, we shove things in the microwave. Let's eat as quickly as we can. Everybody's mm. on a screen and then everybody gets back to going to their own room so they can continue being on their screen. So that's a 
refreshing and different way to the meal for sure. <laughs> so Taylor, what I want to do is I want to circle back to the book and, and where we left off chatting about that because I'm really intrigued by this. So this all started as a, as a series of letters you were writing to your wife. So tell us about how that evolved and then let's get into the premise of the book. Well, it was, it was letters uh, to my unborn daughter. I, I'm going to take, that's right. Excuse me. Letters to your daughter. All good. All good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was really amazing. We were in actually Serbia when uh, we like to say made in Serbia. So we, we found out we were pregnant while we were in Serbia. So this is about four years ago. And um, I had this cool idea to write my daughter a letter that, sh that I was thinking about giving her when she graduated high school. Um, so wait 18 years and give it to her and just talk about how I felt and the, my dreams and aspirations for her 18 years ago, you know, when she opens it, she's gonna be like, yeah, when I was born, this is what my dad was thinking. This is what my dad dreamed for me. And then just see if she could shape her mind and the way that she approaches the world um, from the interior instead of the exterior. Cause we live in a very interesting world where the world is defining who we are and social media and whatever you might want to add into that. And so I wanted her to define the world for herself. And I, so I wrote down these dreams and these goals that I had for her and just little life lessons that I wanted to pass on and things of that nature to give her. It's like you're running a relay race and I wanted to give her the baton. So she was a little further on and she could be, you know, as in good shape as she could be moving forward just so she could experience that happiness. And so um, I started writing down these little things and a sentence turned into a paragraph paragraphs turned into, you know, whole chapters. And then when we moved out to China, which is actually where my daughter was born, I had all this time to continue to write. And then it kind of shaped out into a book. So made in Serbia, born in China, this, this book came out of it. So take us through, and we've got the, the framework of the book, but take us through some specifics. Take us through what are some of the things the readers are going to get out of this book? I think one of the biggest things is the idea of reprogramming your mind. And it's not a scientific book and it's not about, uh, you know, trying to go in and change dials uh, inside of your mind or as intense as it might sound. But we have this idea that reprogramming or trying to change our mind might be a scientific or a negative thing. But a lot of things need to be unlearned because we might learn some bad habits or we might learn that this is the way things are. And we bail out with some cliches. Oh, you know, life is tough or you know, that's just married life or got to go home to my kids. And we bail out with this like small talk. And so reprogramming your mind to open up your, your world that every day has the capacity for something special. Even if you have a bad morning, the next part of your day could be amazing. I think about all the people that woke up on the wrong side of the bed and that was the day that they met their spouse uh, or that was the day they won the lottery or that was the day they got the promotion or some surprise. And so we have the ability to shift and shape our mind. And there's a lot of choices that we can make that we don't think are choices because we were defined by the world again, like I said earlier. And so once we realize that so many choices can be made to better our happiness and bring more joy into our life, that's the main kind of message of the book. And so we need to be proactive in our own happiness. I enjoy this so much, Taylor, because there is a ton of neuroscience behind everything that you're saying. So it's, it's fun as you're, you're stating these things, which are actually grounded in scientific principles. So, you know, you're, I'm hearing themes like gratitude. I'm hearing things like reframing one's perspective. You know, the reprogramming of, of your mind is just that, you know, that you might 
stub your toe getting out of bed, but there might be a million great things that happen after that. <laughs> so I love that. Are there any techniques that you've created which, which can help people with that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a bunch, right? There's a morning intake that I talk about that, that, again, the external can't influence the internal from the very beginning of your day. You have to start internally and you have to wake up and ask yourself some great questions and seek out some amazing answers. And so you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, who are you and what you want and what your goals are? You got to write down goals. You got to create lists. One way to make a dream a reality is to make it tangible. So you write things down to make it tangible. So then you can check things off. You can feel confident and create character in your confidence because you're, you're checking things off a list. You're moving forward. Something as simple as doing five push-ups every morning. Is that going to reshape your body? Wake up, you completed a task, you feel good. You, you have a streak going. I like to call them streaks where I can do something every single day. And I, create reliability and accountability in myself. And I know that when I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And when you start your morning like that and realize that you're, you know, you're in the driver's seat of your own life, it, it really reshapes the way you look at your day, the optimism and the excitement that you have moving forward. I like that. And so we've touched on the reprogramming of the mind. Let's talk about cultivating joy. Cultivating joy, man, is everything. And I think that people see joy, happiness, a lot of, as a reactive type of emotion, a reactive type of response. And once we realize that we can cultivate it, we can organically create it. I like to say highlight happiness, or you could put happiness all around you. You know, just being on this show makes me feel good. We're talking about happiness. We're talking about joy. We're talking about connecting with people and having today be a good day and tomorrow be even a better day. Um, following the right people on social media, creating that inspiration that way, listening to the right music, surrounding yourself with the right people, focusing your mind on certain things. When you make choices, focusing on all the things that it's adding into your life and not the things that are being taken away because you think you're making the wrong choice. There's a lot of different ways to cultivate that joy. And once you see the world as kind of your oyster, I guess, and realize that you're making these choices and you're saying, hey, each choice that I'm making, it's a small choice, but is it bringing joy into my life? Am I attracted towards something that's good for me or something that's not good for me? And then you need to be humble in that, in that approach. And you need to say, hey, certain things aren't that good for me. So I need to seek out some other stuff because I know that that will bring joy and happiness and maybe this won't. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I like that the happiness is really in your face because a lot of people, they have no idea how to be happy. It's for so many years that they've had a job that they hate or have endured a relationship that doesn't 
help them, doesn't move them forward and bring them fulfillment because they don't know what would be on the other side of that door if those things were gone. And so I enjoy that you say that. And I also like that you talk about small small choice. It's a theme, right? Like when you were talking about the other piece a few moments ago, you talked about, you know, something as little as five push-ups, but it's it's things that are attainable and achievable. And I, I can definitely hear the routine and the regiment of an, the, an athlete in your voice as you're talking about these things, because this is, this is so key. And I, I think it's something that anybody can do, but mm. for so many people, they just don't know how to start. And so when we talk about asking ourselves these questions, who am I? What do I want? What makes us happy? For somebody who's listening to this and they're saying, man, I have no idea. I absolutely don't know for all those reasons that, that I just mentioned. What's a, a quick and dirty way, an exercise, an anecdote, or something that somebody can use, somebody can pull from your book to really put themselves on that path and begin that journey? Uh, there's a bunch of things, but I, I, think, I think the first thing we talked about these little choices, right? So a lot of people's happiness is about what they think about, what they talk about, who they're talking to, and kind of where that leads. Does it lead to excitement? Does it lead to optimism? So when you're making these choices, you have to realize that it's not just about making a simple choice on what you're going to eat today or what coffee shop you're going to go to, or even a big choice on what job that you're going to take. You have to realize that each choice leads to your thoughts and leads to your communicational patterns too. So if, if I'm eating pancakes every morning, People are going to ask me, you know, what do you eat or how are you feeling or whatever it might be. And then you're, you're talking about pancakes. You're actually thinking about pancakes in the morning. You, you're thinking about making them and you're thinking about eating them and something as small as that. So the little choices that you're making end up being the conversations that you have end up surrounding yourself. If you're watching certain shows and you can connect with other people about that Netflix special or that Netflix show, and it kind of creates, like I said, what you speak about and the relationships that you build, because then all of a sudden you become friends with someone that plays volleyball because you play volleyball on the weekends or whatever that might be. And so as a basketball player, it's really simple that I gravitate towards basketball conversations and people talking about basketball, but at the same time, you need to broaden your horizon. That's why you're always learning, always humble and saying, Hey, there's more out there for me. Because when you open your mind like that, then you're, then you want to reach out to more people. You want to say, Hey, you know, what makes you happy? Hey, what are the things that you're into? What are the recommendations you have? And instead of going to that same coffee shop every day, I'm going to try the coffee shop down the street. I'm going to go for a hike in the mountains because a friend told me about it. And then it creates that conversation. It creates that excitement. It creates that optimism. So that open-mindedness, realizing the power of your choices and just going after it and going to do it. I like that. And I'm curious through your experiences, journeys, travels, what are some of the pitfalls that people can avoid? Some of the pitfalls people can avoid, I think trying to be perfect. <laughs> I think uh, you got to focus on progress over perfection. You got to realize that life isn't on Instagram and life isn't on social media. So when you go on a, even if you go on a vacation or you go on a travels, uh, not every meal is going to be amazing. Not every place is going to be what you thought it might be, but you, you just take all the positive takeaways. Something in the book is having a positive filter on your life instead of a guest filter on your life. So when you're going around and doing all the things that you're doing, 
everything that comes into your life, how can I use that in a positive way to enhance my world, to enhance who I am as a person? If somebody walks up to me and says, I hate you, I'm going to be like, okay, I can learn communicational styles that I don't want to have. I can learn that people think differently. I can learn that I can inspire people to be happier. I can learn that my effect on others can have a positive effect for them moving forward. So just realizing that there's that optimism and excitement each day and knowing that you, you can make an impact. You said something interesting, the, the positive filters kind of self-explanatory. Talk us through the guest filter. What do you mean by that? So everybody's got a, a friend of theirs that are like, man, that, that kid lives in the clouds and he's just like, oh, it's all good. Who cares? You know, life's going to work out. And in California, you get a lot, a lot of those people. And I consider myself one of them. And then a lot of people use the word naive with people like that. Oh man, not everything is so perfect and not everything is so great. But the alternative to positively filtering everything for me is guest filtering. And what that is, and I consider it way more naive, is you're trying to decipher an uncrackable code that's every single person, every single message, every single stimulus, every single sentence that you're hearing. You're trying to dissect everything you're experiencing and trying to gain context on what it means. Why are they saying that? Why is there three periods at the end of a sentence instead of two in a text message? Why did that person sound like that? They had the wrong tone or whatever it might be. People have lost relationships and lost loved ones over miscommunication, over uh, whatever it might be. And so if you're guest filtering the world and guest filtering, I think I know that person. So that's why they're saying that this is what's going on. And that happens with every single person you see, every single form of communication. It's immense. It's too much to even consider, to even fathom. So I'm going to just simplify my life and I'm going to positively filter everything because that's a choice that I have. That's what creates joy for me. That's my organic happiness right now. And that's, that's how you can sustain your happiness over a long period of time, because no matter what's coming to me from the external, my internal is strong and I'm defining everything for myself. Enjoy that. You know, in psychology, we talk about these cognitive distortions and why somebody might think something. And so, you know, a fun example of this is somebody walks into a subway that you might know and you say hi to them and they don't acknowledge you. You know, the guest filtering or the cognitive distortion would be this person's mad at me for some reason, when in reality, they had in their earbuds and they just didn't hear you. And didn't yeah. see you, you know, so I like the way you've defined that. I think that's great. And I, you know, I'm curious, we're kind of working our way through the tenets of the book. One of the, the last bits of your subtitle is defining life through an authentic lens. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that and then walk us through how we get there. Well, the authentic lens is interesting because, um, I talk in the book about asking my mom what she felt about my then girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I talk about, hey, you know, what do you think about her? Because I was getting ready to propose and I wanted to know what my, my family and friends thought. And she hit me back with this kind of regular answer that was just like, hey, you know, she's from France, you know, the language barrier, uh, the cultural barrier. And she told me something that I've heard 20 times and I've done a thousand interviews um, with basketball. I've given generic answers. How do you feel about the game coming up? Oh man, it's going to be a good game. You know, the team's tough, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, my authentic answer might be, oh man, we're going to kick their butt or we're going to, you know, that's the, that's what I want to say. 
but you give this kind of generic stereotypical answer. And so I asked my mom, I said, I want to know your authentic thought about my girlfriend. I want you to go home. I want you to come back. I don't want you to answer it because your friend's asking, or even that I'm asking, I want you to come up with your own idea of what that means. And so she went back and she thought about it, by the way, it was four years since my mom realized that, you know, she speaks great English, you know, at the beginning, it wasn't perfect English, but I was like, things have changed, you know, like you have to develop your thought. And so she came back to me and she's like, wow, I really love your girlfriend. She's so amazing in so many ways. Cause I had to realize for myself how I feel about something. And so when you challenge yourself to get to the root, not why am I posting what I'm posting? Why do I feel the way that I feel? Can you look at the mirror and say, what is it that you truly want? And it's, it'll change your life by asking it, but the real transformation is by finding the answer because you're not finding an answer for your parents. You're not finding an answer for your kids. You're finding an answer for yourself. So being able to see the world through your authentic lens, mean not agreeing with everything that you see potentially, if you don't agree with it, having your voice, being able to speak your voice. If you're a shy person, be shy. If you're an outgoing person, be outgoing, but having your authenticity, speaking your mind and being able to see the world the way that you'd like to see it. And so instead of a perfect example is this, why am I kind? I'm not kind because the person I'm talking to deserves my kindness. I'm kind because I'm a kind person. And so that changes how you interact with everybody because that's not, that's a positive filter. It doesn't matter what they're coming with. My authenticity and my authentic lens is I want to be a kind person. So I'm going to go out there and show my kindness. I really love the congruency factor here. We're talking about using basketball terms, be it, be a small forward and not a point guard if, if that's who you are. But you've said this a few times in a number of different ways. You've talked about, you know, what external versus internal. And I don't think it's said enough that we are in control. We are so in control. We can't control the weather. We can't control the stock market. We control whether we take an umbrella or not. We control whether we freak out about the market. <laughs> and we also control how we treat others, how we show up in the world, how we treat ourselves. So I really appreciate the way that you frame that. And again, I, everything that you're saying is a common sense example of the scientific application of research which is really fantastic. And, and I, I know you didn't design it that way, but it, it's, it's awesome that that, that that is how it presented. Uh, Taylor, I, I've enjoyed these very straightforward, real life and simple ways that people can make themselves better. And I want to take this opportunity to move into the end here. It, it came really, really quickly, but I want to ask you a question that I ask everybody who comes on our show, and that is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Okay, we got about an hour, right? I got an hour to, to respond to that. <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, I read, I read a, um, of the quote, uh, be the light that helps others see. I think that so many people are looking for motivation, looking for inspiration, looking to cultivate joy for themselves, looking to figure out their own path. And I think the best thing that you can do is you can be a light, you can be an example. I have two kids, uh, they're sponges. So what are they picking up when they see me? And so 
I want to be the best version of myself. And I want to constantly be learning and finding out what that best version is. And I want to fail so many times on my quest to figure out the best version of myself because it is a choice. And I'm going to wake up every day and say, today's going to be the best day of my life. I love that. Taylor, let us know where people can find you online, get their hold of, get their hands on this book. Almost T. Rochester, everything. Hopefully you have a link. My last name's hard enough. So at T. Rochester for Instagram and those, those types of things. And taylorrochester.com is where you can definitely get all the information. You can find the book. You can uh, learn more about speaking engagements. You can learn more about everything. So um, anything you need, I'm, I'm available online and all over the place. Good deal. And we'll have links to everything that is you at thedailyhelping.com in the show notes for this episode. Well, Taylor, this was fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, Dr. Richard, thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. Thank you. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who tuned into this podcast. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today, do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag, MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 